Hello, and welcome back to the CCWSA podcast. I'm Rob Hyde, joined by Philip Naiman. How are you doing, Phil? I'm doing great. How about yourself? I'm doing wonderful, sir. Uh, we are charging into the holidays here. This, this actual broadcast will release uh, just before Christmas. And uh, with that in mind, I, th I thought maybe we could talk about the ins and outs and possible uh, pitfalls, maybe uh, legal troubles, if I was going to gift a firearm to somebody. <clears throat> uh, but it, man, it varies so drastically depending on where you're at in the country. Mm -hmm. uh, your home state is without question the very toughest, uh, but everybody's got the do's and don'ts uh, and how to go about it legally. You know, federally, there's nothing on the books that says that we can't, that prohibits it. Uh, but at the same time, if- But the there's, thing, there, there, there's some requirements though. Absolutely. Yeah. The one thing that, that, is, that is nationwide is if I was going to buy you a pistol and I'm gonna send it to you, um, that, that has to go through an FFL. So I need to have a dealer here in Oklahoma that can send it to a dealer there in California and uh, <clears throat> still have to do the, the ATF form 4473 and they'll do the quick background and, and do that thing. Uh, and that any, any kind of gifted firearm that's going to go from one state to another has that requirement on it. Um, yeah, I think if you're just mailing a firearm, unless it's going straight back to the manufacturer for warranty, um, it needs to be shipped by, you can't, I can't ship you a firearms like, hey, you know, I bought this new shotgun. I really like it. Why don't you try it for a couple of weeks of this hunting season and let me know what you think. I can't ship that to you, right? There's restrictions just on shipping that are federal that we have to be aware of. I do believe you could ship to a warranty house or a gunsmith, but it, they have to be have an FFL for that on their end. Otherwise, you can't. Um, you can't just throw throw something in the mail and and call it good. Yeah, I know. I know several several guys that I worked with at the police department uh, that are uh firearms dealers um uh, mm -hmm. some are, are gun builders um they do custom work <clears throat> or stuff for competition guns and things like that uh those guys have all got their ffl so i i've got access to to several people uh, that i can utilize for for that purpose um but even if you don't you know just your local gun store is, is somebody that you can utilize for those purposes. So let's just say that I wanted to, because I've done this before, I've gifted firearms here in California. Uh, one was for a friend of mine, he was my CPA, he wanted a, a pistol, I found it. So as a gift, I, I bought it for him. Now, the way that worked is I paid the store for that firearm, right? but I didn't register it in my name. If I did, I would have had to have registered it in my name for 10 days and then do a private party transfer and he waits 10 days. I paid the store for it, but on the registration side, it comes down as he has to register it in his name. So I never took possession of the firearm. 
I discovered his expenses on that. And on his 4473 form, there's a little line that says, am I the legal purchaser of it? And he was, it was for him as a gift. He registered it in his name. He has to check that box. Now that box is there to stop the straw man um, purchases or straw. That's usually straw lady purchases. It's usually some not so nice guy who can't own a firearm talks his girlfriend into buying one for him. You know, you might've seen that a time or two in law enforcement, maybe. Oh man, we, we, we worked the gun shows all the time when I was, when, when the unit I was in was under the umbrella of uh, special investigations or criminal invest, I'm sorry, criminal, criminal intelligence. Um, Most of the guys in that unit were, were pretty aware of our uh, local problem guys. Uh, so it'd be nothing for us to, to do surveillance in a parking lot and go, hey, there's Phil Naiman. Phil, Phil's got a felony. And then all of a sudden- Just one? Come on. I mean, make me a make me career car. criminal if you're going to slander me like that. You got somebody in the car with you and, and they give you the money and you go in and make the purchase for them. And that is a straw man purchase. Mm-hmm. A true gift is a gift. Um, the There are other things- Because that, it ends up in the registered person's name. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yes. Not the other way around. Not I registered to me and hand it off. That's but it's a straw man purchase in a in a in a resale situation as well. <clears throat> and those are some of the loopholes. <clears throat> excuse me. That that people talk about in gun shows is I've got a gun I want to sell, and I walk into the gun show, and all of a sudden you and I cross paths, and you're like, "Well, I'll buy that gun from you," and there's no there's no detail of any interaction or sale. Um, and we, but that, that could happen in a back alley or in the back of a bar or someplace yeah. else. Right. So it doesn't have to be a gun show. That's just time and opportunity. Somebody's selling a gun, somebody's buying it and they're doing it outside of the legal channels. Correct. Um, but I mean, you know, there's a lot of States that, that there's no requirement to register a firearm. Oklahoma doesn't have a registry. Uh, Florida doesn't. There's several gun-friendly states uh, in in the country that that don't have that requirement. There's several that do. You know, uh, <clears throat> whatever whatever the requirement is in your state is something you need to adhere to to stay on the right side of law and, and not get yourself or your your uh, person that you're gifting uh, out of trouble. Right. Um, there's other things to think about with that. Um, Number one is if I give a firearm to somebody that's prohibited, um, that is a federal felony. Um, there's just no, giving it to them. Just giving it to them. Just they haven't give, used it for anything nefarious yet. You've just gifted it to them. So there's some work that needs to be done on our end as well as the gift giver. Um, and there's there there's all kinds of things in the legalese uh, written state by state, but <clears throat> it'll be, they can't be a convicted felon. They can't, they can't have uh, mental health issues. Um, and that depends on the issue. I mean, obviously you're gonna have people that have depression or anxiety or things like that, that are, that are well uh, treated medically. They're, they're under a physician's care, those kind of things. Um, but 
specifically some of the some of the the laws around the country specifically talk about a person that's not a lunatic or a person that is of unsound mind. Um, I think so on the on the forty four seventy three, some of the questions are I don't know, like go by them kind of fast, but some of those questions I think are: Have you ever been um, dishonorably discharged? Yes, I think that question's on there. Are you legally in the United States of America? You know, those are some of the other questions on there. Have you been adjudicated mentally ill? Are you on drugs? Are you on marijuana? Um, I think in California, well, they used to have that medical card for that's legal now, but for marijuana. Um, and I think that if you had a medical card, they would actually deny you a purchase. I think that happened. At least federally, it would still. It should, yeah. Make that purchase illegal because it's still a, a federal crime. Unless um, you're Hunter Biden. <clears throat> um, that, that's that's a that's somebody else's problem to deal with. Uh, one of the things that I would I would be concerned with, um, and most states have have enacted things that would cover this. If you've got somebody that has uh, a conviction for uh, a domestic violence assault. Um, that that prohibits them. Um, Meaning a non-felony? Even a non-felony, yes. Yeah. Uh, because those are those are typically kind of crimes of passion. They're very, you know, kind of quick, quick flip the switch kind of thing. Um, and so often your victims in those cases do not leave. Um, I, I couldn't tell you how many cases I worked where you're, you're pleading with somebody, don't, don't go back. It's, it's only, it'll never be easier than it was this time. It's always gonna get worse and it always does. Um, rarely do you ever see somebody go and get help and come out the other side of that okay. And I'm talking about the, the abuser or the victim. All the way around, yeah. Both sides of that are just, they're, they're horrible. Um, <clears throat> you have to understand that, that most states, I can't legally uh, let a person, uh, a minor, own a handgun. Um, there's all kinds of restrictions on those. Um, one of the things I do when I start looking at gun laws stuff is as, uh, go straight to ATF's website. Um, it's www.atf.gov. Um, you can go state by state. What did you find? <laughs> uh, I found that uh, your state is, I don't, I don't know how you could ever figure out what is legal and not legal because it, it breaks it down. You got federal laws and you got your state laws that apply and the state laws in California, there's 147 pages just listing the laws. It doesn't give every single thing about each individual one. Um, and then that breaks down even further to different municipalities enacting their own stricter laws. And uh, so you've got 147 pages for state laws. And then there are uh, 196 for the municipalities that are 
alphabetically A through L. And then M through Z has another 251 pages. So uh, the legislative stuff in California is just, it, it's just unbelievable. I don't so Those pages are the titles. Those are not the descriptions of the bills. Correct. Or, or the laws, yeah. <clears throat> or a small snippet, but it's not, you know, we had Prop 63, which I think by itself was a thousand pages. So, yeah. Well, it's when, you know, you get into the argument again about, you know, we need more gun laws. We need that. We've got gun laws. We, we've absolutely got gun laws. The biggest deal is why don't we enforce them? Uh, not, you know, that's a whole nother topic. Um, <clears throat> I know we've we've talked about this before, but I, I think when it comes to gun crime, violence, okay, violent gun crime, which you have property, you have injury, then you have homicide, the three different levels in my world of gun crime violence. And, and I just think that if you use a firearm in the commission of a property crime, you should get 10 to 20 years. Okay, you bring a gun into a liquor store. I don't care. You didn't, if it wasn't successful, well, he only stole $10. It doesn't matter. He put somebody's life at risk 10 to 20 years. Right. I, I do believe in mandatory sentencing for violent crimes. And I do consider armed robbery, a violent crime. If you hurt somebody rape, well, rape's different, but if you hurt somebody and I'll explain that before somebody jumps on the, if you hurt somebody, you shot him in the leg, shot him in the arm, something like that life imprisonment. Okay. If you kill somebody with a firearm in the commission of a crime, then I, I believe in the death penalty. And I believe that includes rape. Yes, I do believe that rapists should get the death penalty because you have destroyed that person's life, whether they live through it or not. You know, that's, I, I'm pretty, I'd be a great judge. I really think so. It's kind of easy. I say one, two, three, go next. Okay. We're going to break for lunch. That's one of those things Gary and I have talked about, you know, Gary Eastridge is our, uh, critical response team manager. Um, and he's been a homicide investigator for years and years and years. Um, and he always talked about the fact that the, the scene, the blood, the gore, all that was, was something that he, it, he could deal with um, because nobody was suffering anymore. Um, he had far greater issues if he came up on something where you have this huge wound and you're alive and suffering um, because there's that uh, empathic response and just, oh my gosh. Uh, and, th and there's nothing you can do really in, in most cases. And, uh, and then he would talk about he couldn't have worked sex crimes. And I worked sex crimes for almost five years. <clears throat> and the the volume of cases we had were, were was just unbelievable um and that's that's always kind of been my my take on that as well is is the severity of the penalty for for something like that because your victim is a victim forever they, that's not anything that they ever just wash off and, and go okay i'm all better now um they live with that forever um so it's something I really do. I, I believe there should be really harsh sentences for that. Um, back back to the gifting of firearm. Oh yeah, we um, had a purpose today. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> well, my my first firearm I received was 
was uh, had had been a shotgun that was one of my uncles. My grandfather gave it to me when I was a boy, um, teaching me gun safety and teaching me how to shoot, uh, things like that. Um, he taught me how to hunt. Um, <clears throat> that that's one thing. That's you know that's not a pistol, but but learning from a mature adult and and teaching kids how to safely uh, navigate their way around firearms and things like that. Uh, I think it's really, really important. If you've got kids in the home, I don't think that should ever be something that should be uh, like an absolute forbidden. You know, my deal with my, my children when they were small was, and would be to this day, but that my kids don't care one way or the other. If you ever want to see a fire, all you got to do is tell me. We'll get it out. We'll look at it. We'll talk about it. I can explain everything about it. Um, and if you ask any kid that's ever been around me, they they will always tell you that the first thing is is absolutely every single firearm is treated like a loaded firearm. Um, it's just so depending on on the person you're gifting to depends on the things that you need to think about. Um, obviously, I knew nothing as a child about a shotgun. My grandfather did. Um, and I started out very, very basic before moving up. Um, I am really concerned a lot of times about uh, somebody buying something. It'd be one thing if you and I had discussed something and you're like, man, I really, really like this gun. I've shot it. I, I think this. And you get that. You know, that's, that's one thing. There's so many factors that go into firearm selection. Um, and, and I would never ever just buy a firearm just walking in cold without ever having had my hands on it and having the opportunity to shoot it and, and understand that gun. Because sometimes you think that, you know, that's a cool gun until you actually get on the line with it. And then it's like, yeah, I don't like that you know, the trigger's not right, or the recoil's not as manageable as you had hoped it would be, or, or it doesn't fit my hand. Um, and those are things that I've always talked to, to members about that, you know, they, they develop that trust and they call and they go, man, I, I, I appreciate your opinion. What would you recommend I get? <laughs> I'd say, I recommend you get some opportunity on the range to go shoot some guns and find out which one you like. Um, so if you really don't know that person and have that kind of knowledge as to, I, I know Phil wants this gun. This is something he, he is good with. He's already, he's already shot it. He's familiar with it. Uh, the other thing you might think about is, is a gift card. Uh, that's super simple enough, takes me completely out of the equation and, and you can go pick out whatever it is that you want. So we're so. talking about, about purchases of new firearms. What about passing on something? So your grandfather gave you that shotgun. You want yes. to give it to your son. How do yes. you do that? And again, those, those laws vary every single state because in California, we have a whole, you know, it, we can't do not, anything normal. It's, just it's not it an is. issue for me to, to make that transfer in the state of Oklahoma. But again, we don't have... A, uh, a state registry. So in, in California, um, 
you can't do that. Now, there was, a, I think in 2012, maybe it's a little later than that, uh, long guns weren't really registered. Now, they were registered, but they didn't have a registry at the state level. So how was a long gun registered? Well, in 1980, if you went in and bought a Remington 700 from Kmart, because Kmart was around in 1980, and you paid your $249, well, you got this rifle, right? And, and so you filled out your 4473 form. Well, if that firearm was found somewhere in the year 2000, and they said, whose gun is this? And I said, I don't know. Well, there was a paper trail back from the manufacturer who said, we sent it to Bob's Wholesale. Bob's Wholesale sent it to um, Southern California Wholesale. They sent it over to ABC or to, to Kmart. And Kmart sold it to 4473, the serial number, and they sold that to Bob Dutton. Oh, there's Bob Dutton, never bought anything, but, but, and, and so here's his address. And so they knock on his door and said, Hey, did you have this? And he's like, Well, yeah, I did, but I gave it to, or I sold it at, you know, and so there's these other trails that, that happened, but his responsibility was there. So they always had a registry for it. But in 2000, and, but the, the 4473 form, was never filed with the type you were you listed on it that i bought a rifle i bought a long gun it didn't say what type on there and so now they've got in california's requirements it has to have the make model serial number caliber um, that they keep track of in california it's not just a long gun anymore you know, so there's always been a way if a weapon was found at a scene that they could trace it back to the last known owner and then he's got to answer some questions and you're running around with a firearm with your serial number ground down. Well, crime in itself. It, right. Yeah, that's that, that by itself will put you away. Um, you know, and fortunately for us, as far as forensically uh, in law enforcement, um, pretty much any any piece affiliated with with a firearm is something that is evidence. It's something we can use to, to piece that back together. Um, you know, our, our CEO, Mike Darter, uh, was a contractor for ATF and was a liaison with police departments <clears throat> and helping them do uh, night testing. Um, and that, and they can test the firearm itself. They can, they can get information from a projectile they can get information from a spent casing or a shotgun hole and you know there's tool marks that that are going to be there you know, from <clears throat> a firing pin um, or whether it's from you know, a mark on a casing from the extractor removing a shell or and there's just so many things that that you can piece together that way and you know what, like I said, when I was working criminal intelligence, there were things that we could follow and, and there was guns that were used, you know, in homicides on the other side of the state. And then gun disappears for six months or a year. And then all of a sudden the same gun is being used in crimes locally in, in the metro area of Oklahoma City. And it's just unbelievable that those things related to that firearm can, can uh, tie 
crime to crime to crime, even though it may not be the same person because those guns in the criminal world pass hands relatively quickly, especially if it was if it was a dirty gun and used for something. Um, but again, back to our our gifting thing, you know, there's things that you you think of and you go, well, this guy's of sound mind. He's you know, he's not a drug addict. He's he's not doing these things. Uh, <clears throat> and and unbeknownst, you know, there's like a victim protection order against him somewhere or or a restraining order or something like that. And a lot of a lot of times those things also have uh, things built in that that basically prohibit that person from from legally possessing a firearm. Uh, so just just the simple fact of gifting something is is really a very big deal and it's something that you need to, to talk at great length about and and figure out before you make that step. Yeah. And and gifting a firearm, you know, and a lot of people say we don't have to do this or do that, but you need to have I believe, because I, you know, I've sold firearms, but I always sell them or ship them through an FFL or I'll use gun broker or something like that. But again, that's from an FFL to an FFL, right? It's all reported stuff and they have to register it on their other end. But I want a chain of custody that says, oh no, that went there. And then he registered it. And if there's a problem with said, whatever it is, you need to talk to that person because- because here's here's my chain of custody stops and it's registered correctly on the other side and i you know i'm not going to personally ship it to an ffl i take it to an ffl they log it in their books they send it over and it's again i'm in california we have to be very careful with everything we do we only have 547 titles of all of our laws about firearms so basically is is it legal just say no <laughs> Can we get no yeah, no, it's just that's that's how you survive in California. Can we know? <clears throat> on, on the other end of that, if if you feel the need to gift me a firearm, I'm going to let you know right right up front that I'm okay with it. So, not picky. Guns hold their value. They're what do we have here in California that you can't get better out of the state? We have that roster that that completely restricts what we can actually purchase here. So yeah, if you want a generation three Glock, I'll get you one, but you can get a generation five for the same price right down the street. Yeah, that's no, not just silly, but that's the way life is here. Um, what, are, what are your holiday plans? Kids coming out. Um, my son go, is in med school and so he'll be here for this time being for a couple of weeks. That's really fun. And uh, we're just gonna enjoy, enjoy a nice, simple Christmas. At least it is our intention to have a nice, simple Christmas. Then there's always Nagatomi Plaza. So who knows? Maybe Kaye. <laughs> <laughs> um, Come out for the weekend. Have a good time, she says. <laughs> any gifted firearms in the, in the plans? Sorry? I said any gifted firearms in the plans there? No, but last year I did. So my, my son's in New York. Um, going to school and you cannot do a, do a pistol in New York. It's almost an impossibility. That's one of the things that are in Supreme court right now, trying to get worked out, but a shotgun, no problem. So, you know, for him and his wife, we buy bought him online, a 20 gauge semi-auto and had it shipped to his local 
um, local city gun store. And we went in together and I showed my idea that I'd sent it and he registered it and walked out with his beautiful 20 gauge semi-auto home defense firearm. So, you know, it, it can be done, but again, can you imagine if I was just trying to be good intentioned, Hey, you know, you live in New York, it's kind of a bad place here. here here's my Beretta just ship it to him. Yeah. You know, thinking, Hey, he's going to need it. Right. Well, now that's the Sullivan act, right? It's a one year on automatic and just nightmare. You just destroy somebody's life. If you just do it right. You know, and I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm not registering anything. It's like, well, you know, make your own choices. It just, I, I, because I'm on the air and because I run my mouth for a living out here, um, I make sure that everything I own is in direct line with those 546 pages of, of laws. I, I have to, I don't want anybody knocking my door, give me a nasty surprise. Just, nope, we're, we don't play those games, you know? Um, anyway, that's, that's where we're at with that. You have to, you have to be above board in this state because they're, they're looking for people to make examples of. Um, yeah, California is without question the, the most regulated um, law heavy state in the union regarding firearms ownership. Um, but uh, New York is really tough. New Jersey is really tough. Massachusetts is really tough. <clears throat> one that's rushing to get up to that uh, is Washington state. And they're, they're moving that direction really, really fast. Um, Illinois obviously is second only to California. Um, <clears throat> but even still, I don't, you know, like I said, we don't, we don't have a, a state registry in, in Oklahoma. Um, and if I was going to gift a gun there's no paperwork or legal obligation to report the gift or anything else. Um, but when I purchased that new, I'm the one that did the 4473. And so as uh, just a word of, of advice, just to, to kind of keep you uh, on the right side of the law, I, I would make sure that there is some type of documentation to any transfer of, of a firearm, um, whether, whether it's a, a registry state, state or not. Um, it, it's just one of those things that, like you were talking about, you know, all of a sudden there's a knock on your door and it's like, hey, you bought uh, a Gen 3 Glock and, and we'd like to see your firearm. Well, I, I sold it. You know, who'd you sell it to? Man, I wish, wish I'd have got his name. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it's, that's, that's something you don't want to deal with. Matter of fact, in, uh, I think it's a federal form. I wrote the check to the Department of Justice. might have been California form, but uh, a Remington 700 short action. Okay, somebody had like a donor rifle. What I mean, donors, when you make your own stuff or, or modify things, you want to put new barrels on. Somehow in some trade, this guy ended up with a Remington 700 uh, short action. And I ended up with it. And it's like, where'd it come from? I don't know. I took it down to the gun store and said, okay, how do I put this in my name? And, and there's actually a form we fill out online for the Department of Justice for 19 bucks. You write down the serial number. Do you have this firearm? You send it into them, right? So 
if it ever showed up that somehow along the line, I shouldn't have had this gun, I'm reporting, hey, I've got this thing here. You know, it's not, um, there's nothing nefarious on my end on it. It's a, it's a short action Remington 700. Uh, I also purchased from a firearm store, a Marlin 18, I think it was 94. It was, it was in 350. 350 Marlin. It was a really cool lever action gun. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. There's a, somebody brought it in. I bought it after the 30 day cooling off period, which they have in California. If somebody has a private weapon that they bring to the gun store, it has to be there for 30 days before I can buy it. And then I have a 10 day wait. So all that time lapses and it comes back, the gun's been stolen. So, you know, okay, let's get it to original owner. Well, this was actually the city of Downey police department. And, and uh, that, that notified that this thing had been stolen. They, that, that hasn't been picked up for two years now. They never notified the owner that his firearm was found. The police department doesn't want to bother dealing with it. It's just, you know, that was an oddity, but that's, that's a true story that still exists today. That's just crazy. That, that if you ever had a, a Marlin in 350 stolen, um, I know where it is. <laughs> Um, yeah, that's, that's crazy. Um, you know, I, the, the other, the other thing about this, um, just as an add on, if you're going to provide a firearm to somebody as a gift, um, and somebody that's new to firearms ownership, um, you might think about including, uh, gift of training, yeah. a gift of training. Um, you might include some means uh, to secure it, make it safe. Um, it's a cable lock or a small biometric safe or, or anything. Uh, but it, it's, you know, I talk about this all the time. There's, there is such a responsibility <clears throat> and a burden to being a firearms owner. Um, mm -hmm. I, I love that I have that right to own I love that I have the right to carry, but I also understand the weight of that responsibility that comes with that. Um, and that's something that needs to be, be thought up and, and discussed before you're, before you're just passing out a gun to somebody. Um, there's, there's just so much more to it. And, and the other part is, is you know, be absolutely certain that the person is, is interested in a firearm. Oh, what, what? Who wouldn't be? Come on, none of my friends. <laughs> uh, but you know, it, it's a big deal. It's you know, it's a wonderful gift. But but make sure you've covered your bases and, and you've kept yourself safe as far okay, as that. So goes. we're gonna do rifle, pistol, shotgun, and pistol could be revolver or pistol or semi-auto, okay, or single shot. I don't care. Anything handheld, single handheld. If somebody listening wanted to gift you a shotgun, what would they get you? And I'd like a really nice over and under trap gun. I'd be way good with that. So. Are we talking Parazzi, Cayman, Beretta? Yes. yes. It's going to be a gift. Take the Parazzi, yeah. Let's get there. Uh, yeah, I'd, I'd be all in for that. Over under trap gun. Okay. Rifle. Could be bolt action, carbine, your choice, lever action, whatever you want. Oh, man. Uh, now we're going to forward this to your girlfriend. So, you know, if you put down <laughs> model numbers, this could be helpful. 
Um, I would I would like to try out a a, a six five. I think. Okay. A bolt action six five. Any particular model? No. No, I'm not. I'm not necessarily picky. I, it shoots straight and has, okay. has a nice optic on it. We can we can make that work. So it's a good choice. And how about handgun? Uh, I pretty much have most everything that I could want. I, I'd take a Smith and Wesson 500. <laughs> okay. <laughs> have you shot one? Absolutely, I have. Yeah. How, how, how does it, uh, does it liquefy your chest? You know, there's so much steel in that gun. No, it's not that. I'm talking about the, the concussion off of that thing. When it goes off, it's just, boom. I mean, especially you've got the muzzle brake on them and you've got the flame coming out and, and it, that, that it, it can loosen your fillings. It kind of funnels around you. I don't know that I'd want to be standing beside <laughs> you when you fire it. It's like, it's like a big Beretta. You know, if you're directly behind that Beretta, there's so much weight to that gun, that huge muzzle brake on it. That, mm -hmm. Yeah. you know that's, that's kind of yeah you need a you need a force they make them now that uh instead of just having the muzzle brake that kills your team members when you're lined up uh they have them that direct the force forward so that's huge if you're ever doing any kind of close close quarters uh shooting i hate muzzle brakes right here yeah i don't like that yeah that's interesting the model 500 huh that's a big big gun big gun the cylinder on that is you can take somebody out with the cylinder it, well, it's a, so it's a, so it's smith and wesson right the size of their frames go by the letters so a j frame is their smallest and there's k there's l right the 586 and the, the n frames which are the model 29s dirty hairy guns i think it's an x frame for the 500 they just skipped it's not a p or a q or r they went to like the X frame for that 500. And, you know, it also works as a uh, four wheel drive jack. If you're out in the woods, you just, you can wedge it right and just get the cylinder turned and actually lift your Jeep with that. Yeah. It's... <laughs> you know, the, the very first time I ever saw one of those fired, um, it was a buddy of mine that I actually used to shoot on the pistol team with. Uh, and it was his, his son. Mm -hmm. and I think he was 14 at the time. And I was so impressed watching that kid shoot. I was like, I, I gotta do this. Let me let me have that. Uh, on our YouTube channel, there's a picture of shooting the 500 and, and it's from behind. And what you see is a fire halo this big, like six feet from the barrel, just going down. <laughs> there's a little bit of force there. It is impressive. Um, <clears throat> no, same thing. I was, I was uh, online at the range and we were, over at the rifle range and a buddy if shooting at three yards you light your target on fire so <laughs> maybe maybe shooting it and maybe shooting at five yards it, it does put a burst out um we were on the rifle range and a buddy of mine was was uh shooting stuff with a barrett and i was taking pictures and i i was in the wrong spot uh I found the only place that was actually a safe place for me to shoot uh, as far as shooting pictures was behind him right over the top of him. Yeah. It was, it was crazy how much, how much, that was like overpressure from a bomb. I mean, it was just, 
it went to your core. Yeah. So you look at some of those pictures, like in the field pictures, let's call them, where guys are shooting the fifties and they're up on the cliffs and they're shooting and you're watching rocks go from the side. It's blowing rocks. Yes. Out of the way. Yeah. There's a little bit of overpressure on that. That's a heck of a cartridge. You don't want a 50. <laughs> uh, I would not, I would not ever say no. I would never say no. I, I was just thinking of something I could actually use. Yeah, I agree. At 50, they're, they're really neat, but you need a team to work those things. Well, what are you going to stop? A semi? Hey. I don't know. Whatever you want. Yeah. <laughs> a, you got a 50 caliber. What are you afraid of? Nothing. <laughs> Not anything. Yeah. That's uh, very good choices. Good choices. But when you get your 500, get it in a two inch with a round butt. Oh, yeah. And we'll one hand it. The pendant's scary. <laughs> I'll need an extra heavy belt just to, just to keep, keep myself upright. And... Oh, boy. A scoop. It's, it's my carry. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh... well, just think about, just think about your speed loaders, right? You can't even put them in your pocket. The diameter of the speed loader won't fit in your front pocket. You're going to have to have something on your belt for that. That's crazy. Yeah. Can you, can you imagine a pocket full of, of, of rounds? You know, I used to carry them in a, in a cargo pocket, just a whole bunch of extras, just so I didn't have to keep walking, walking back to my range box. But yeah, that's, that's, that's going to cause you to walk with a limp. <laughs> <clears throat> You'd be dragging one foot. That's a, that's a big cartridge. That's, you know, a lot of guys love that thing, but um, yeah. I mean, I shoot my 44. I really like the 44, but that's that's as much as I want to go. It's the um, that concussive side blast. It's like I get a headache after about four shots. I'm like, okay, this is well, that was like this is for somebody younger than me. <laughs> that was like the guys that would would carry the little air weights, and then they want to want to shoot a magnet. And it's just like, you, you hate your wrist. You don't even like yourself. Yeah. Uh, that's crazy. Yeah. So we shoot the, the, the carry 642. Um, really like that little gun, but it's not, it's not what you're going to run two boxes of ammo. You need to practice with it, but it's not a fun gun to shoot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, when I was uh, working at the training center, and instead of carrying a semi-auto, I just, I love the way <clears throat> the rig looked. I love the way the gun looked and I, and I carried the 686. Mm -hmm. Big, nice gun, uh, great shooting gun. My first pistol I ever bought was the 586 because they didn't come out in stainless yet. That's how old I am. <laughs> um, it, it was... It's still it's still one of my favorite guns to shoot. I am oh, yeah. great, great action on it. And and they're accurate. And you can, you know, you can get a little bit of on a Smith, especially an older Smith like that. You get some trigger work done on it where it's just nice and smooth and just indexes perfectly. And you can, you know, you can shoot double action, but call your shot. I mean, that's that's really helps for some accuracy. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um we've got uh we've got some good stuff coming up down the road. Got some good guests lined up, yeah. Absolutely. I mentioned it a couple of weeks ago. Uh, 
coming out on the other side of the Rittenhouse case. We're going to have Andrew Branca back on again. Um, he's going to give uh, kind of a summary on that, his takeaways. I'm looking forward to that because of his his great insights of what went on and all the hours he put in watching all of that. Yeah. Um, you know, he, he's so good at what he does. And I, I, I kind of felt going away from this one that this might have been one of his best works. I felt like he was just on point the whole way through. You know, he, he was doing daily, <clears throat> daily posts from the trial for us. He did an amazing job. Uh, so I'm, I'm really anxious. He's always a pleasure to, to, to hear his legal side of things. Um, that'll be really good. Um, I have a friend of mine that I'm working on to come on and, and do a, uh, a piece with us on uh, kind of survival mindset. Uh, she was caught in an ambush. Um, guy came at her with a, I believe it was an AK. Um, and she was just sitting riding in her patrol car when he, when he started shooting at her. And she was shot multiple times and able to, to get out of her car and engage him and run him off. Um, but uh, just amazing little lady. I trained her when she came through the academy. Um, she's always- Did a good job there, boss. She's always been a fighter and a warrior. And, and uh, it's one of those things that you just, you have to develop that mindset. You just have to, to, uh, to know that I, I'm, not, I'm not going down. You know, I'm, I'm fighting, uh, but I think, I think she'll be fantastic uh, for our listeners. Look forward to that. What's that? I look forward to that. Yeah, you'll, you'll enjoy her. She's, she's absolutely wonderful. Uh, <clears throat> I'd, I'd also like to invite our viewers, if, if you've got anything that you, you think, I'd like to hear, uh, hear your take on some things. Uh, you can always email me direct. It's rob at c safe.com um we're we're always interested in in what our members want to hear uh trying to get get them the content and training and uh, exposure to the things that they're interested in so uh that that's something we're looking at for the turn of the year so uh i think we've got a lot of good things coming so uh we appreciate you guys tuning in um we always appreciate you joining us and giving us your, your input. Um, we always know what, you, what your thoughts are. Even enjoy the feedback. We enjoy the feedback. Um, you can move right into support at ccwsafe.com. Those messages come straight through to us. Uh, and we, we always value your opinion. Um, so it, it's always an honor to get to visit with you guys and, and, uh, we wish you happy holidays and look forward to seeing you the next time. All right. Merry Christmas, Rob. Merry Christmas, sir. We'll talk to you soon. God bless. Stay safe. Bye-bye.